Welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy, the One True Podcast, uh, nominated for Useless Internet Awards since November of 2009. <laughs> well, speaking of said rewards, uh, we got an email from uh, the one woman who actually posted on our MySpace page that she was the one that nominated us, and uh, Face- she... Facebook. What? Close enough. They're all the same thing, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, one's as useless as the other. I seriously doubt we have a MySpace page. <laughs> I'm still shocked we have a Facebook page. <laughs> anyway, uh, the woman who actually posted up there, she sent us an email and she had one gripe, and that's that we keep saying her name wrong. And uh, Joni, if you've ever listened to any of our podcasts, you should realize that we cannot pronounce worth shitting on. Right. Um, her name actually is Janae. And if I got that right, go ahead and email us, and we'll we'll try to um, get it right in the future. Uh, um, Joni, Janae, Janae. I, I, mean. <laughs> I should say I'll try to get it right in the future. Leighton can't pronounce worth shit. So yeah. In fact, Charlie's still trying to get me to say Mockaber right. Yeah. Hopeless. Yes, yes. Let's get back to our mainer. What we... <laughs> Let, let's cover some reviews uh, before we get into the surprise topic of this podcast. All right. Uh, yes. Uh, how about we start with Very Educational by AC Nail 83 And it basically states that if you think you're strong in your religion, then you should give Leighton and Chuck's podcast a try. Uh, basically, he points out that we uh, show our geekiness by discussing RPGs and that he feels really at home with these guys. The reason he feels really at home with us guys is because he's broken into our house and is sitting in the corner right now. Yes, yes. I, I wish he would stop petting my cats because <laughs> that, that's really uncomfortable. It's a little creepy. <laughs> uh, the next one is Hooked by Skepticat. Speaking of cats... I had no idea that cats listened to podcasts. A. B. They were skeptical. Or C. They could type. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we have one more useless award we can put on our shelf, and that <laughs> is that we are the podcast listen- listened to by more cats than any other podcast. There you go. Let's start this over. Welcome to Irreligiosophy, the one true podcast listened to by more cats. Favorite of cats across the world. <laughs> Except for Persian kitties. They don't like us. Skepticat says, I hadn't heard of this podcast before, so I wasn't expecting too much. Well, thanks. Uh, I'm glad. <laughs> we need to increase our advertising to the cat demographic. We're really well, slipping. I-, I think what we really need is to get you dressed up in a cat outfit, and you can reproduce that Broadway musical Cats. Uh, anything for the show. Of course. He says he um, quickly learned that there are gems that he knows nothing about. Uh, he loves it because um, most of the stuff that he's listened to have become from a former Christian viewpoint, and we're former Mormons, so uh, fascinating stuff. <laughs> if you say so. The next one uh, is from AUC Otter, and uh, it actually states 69, so at least we know one listener out there is going to listen to us when we say, do not give us any more reviews other than 69. <laughs> 69 and holding. <laughs> and uh, I-, I love this comment here. Irreligiosophy is the bored, smart-ass kid of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, and... that's what we aspire to be anyway. Layton's more of a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Only on my good days. All right, so those are the reviews. Um, should we get into uh, the subject of our podcast? Well, 
see, before we get into the subject of our podcast, uh, not many users out th- or listeners out there know, but Charlie and I invented a time machine a while back, and we actually flew into the future to discover who won the podcast awards. Yeah, we really couldn't wait. It was kind of like that uh, South Park episode with Cartman. He couldn't wait for the Wii, so he <laughs> buried himself in an avalanche. And was We actually invented a, a time machine. Traveled forward in the future uh, a couple weeks and recorded what we found. Are you guys ready for this? Oh, I'm sure they're titillated at this point. And the winner winner of the podcast awards for religion and inspiration is Irreligiosity. First and foremost, I would like to thank the CEO of Podcast Awards. Without you shunning women for internet porn and loneliness, we wouldn't have the opportunity to win this award. We salute your friction burns. Yeah, uh, who would have thought a mere 11 months after starting this podcast that we would receive the recognition in the form of a completely insignificant uh, People's Choice Podcast Award from someone we've never heard of before. I would like to thank my mom and dad for not aborting me. It's because of this I've been able to grow up and win this bitchin' award. And let's not forget Jesus' hand in all of this. Jesus, who commanded Moses and the Israelites to go ahead and murder the women and children, except for the virgins. Jesus, who sent those she-bears out to kick the shit out of those teenagers who made fun of the bald prophet. Jesus! who rained hellfire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah, but was okay with raping the angels. (laughs) Jesus, without your words of wisdom and compassion, we would not be here today. And lastly, I would like to thank our fans for actually voting for us day after grueling day. Callousing their clicking fingers. Taking the three minutes out of your internet porn searches to go and click on our name sacrificing your masturbation time, indulging in months of loneliness, or weeks. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we'd like to thank you, our fans. And it is because of you that I now have the confidence to go out and find me a fat, ugly woman and porker losing my virginity for the first time in years. actually impressed that you lost your virginity for the first time in years. <laughs> well, yes, you realize that uh, every time I hear that Madonna song, it turns me into a virgin again. I was wondering if perhaps you were a born-again virgin, where you had <laughs> lost your virginity, and then you promised from now on to be a virgin until you got married, and unfortunately you were so excited about the podcast award that you lost your virginity again. Well, see, uh, every time I think about the podcast, I prematurely spooge, so at that point, (laughs) I really would need someone to define virginity for me at this point. So here's the problem. Since we traveled in time, um, we may actually have changed the future. That's very true. We may not win, and so we decided (laughs) that it may seem a little bit catty 
if we go out there and we poke fun at all the other podcasts that uh, that were involved, and so we've decided to do it beforehand to see if the future continues to hold. Absolutely. Otherwise, it kind of seems like sour grapes, right? Yeah, yeah, and we can't have that. We all know we are the one true podcast, and the rest of you can shit on eggs for all we care. Yeah, uh, doing it beforehand just makes it seem like assholes, which is no <laughs> different than... <laughs> <laughs> Any other podcast that we've done. <laughs> hey, I haven't called any of them retards yet, so we yet. haven't got to that level. Yet. But I, I suspect that will be happening. I, uh, I don't know what you would say that for. Without further ado, shall we jump right into the first podcast on our list, which is Mars Hill. Oh, yes, and uh, and this one is just a gem, a gem out there. Skepticat, you thought we were good? you got to go to this guy. He puts us to shame. I thought um, when I downloaded this that it was um, one of those, you know, Beverly Hills 90210 Gossip Girl, One Tree Hill. No, that wasn't it. It's um, I don't know why it's named Mars Hill, actually. It's just some pastor giving lessons, and then he records them and puts them out as a podcast, and somehow this guy got... Uh, nominated for the religion category. You know, I think his podcast actually might be a little bit better if there was more sappy music and drama involved. Yeah, you know, people with sad faces and um, maybe some music, um, some, you know, uh, alternative whiny emo music in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to list some whiny emo music, but I don't know any. (laughs) I think the entire New Testament might be better if it was set to whiny emo music. Oh my God! There's a move, movie producers. Let's create a Bible film. <laughs> Jesus is up on the cross. You've got a, a tight uh, zoom on him. You pull back as that song goes. How could this happen to me? <laughs> oh God! A little dashboard confessional. It'll be perfect. God, yeah. we ought to do that. Uh, getting back to Mars Hill, <laughs> uh, this guy uh, is doing a series on Luke. Um, that that's his most recent one, and, and actually the only one I, I actually downloaded. Uh, Luke two on the birth of Jesus. I thought, all right, here's a pastor. He's um, educated. Uh, maybe we'll get some good information about Luke that I haven't heard before. Right? Well, I'm- I'm pretty sure pastors have to uh, pass some sort of education course to even become pastors, so I mean, this ought to be really good. I'm not sure that they do. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, that was the asshole behavior if you didn't catch it. (laughs) I suspect that a lot of pastors are like those karate people that, that don't have any particular style, but they've just made themselves black belts and they start teaching, they hang up a shingle. So I you're bet. saying these guys are like the ones who actually go out there and fill out an internet course and become pastors? If even that. I bet they just hang up a shingle. They just read, <laughs> they read the Bible and hang up a shingle. Um, anyway, uh, certainly this guy comes across like that. Uh, uh, and we'll get into more of that. But, but the, the first clip that we have uh, to show you is uh, he talks about prophecies um, and, and how the Old Testament prophesies uh, the coming of Jesus and, and how God is over time and space and, and uh, he, he's in control of all this stuff so therefore he's able to prophesy hundreds, sometimes even thousands of years in the future. Wow, what a stupid statement. And so the birth of Jesus is the fulfillment of a series of promises 
also called prophecies, that were given hundreds, sometimes thousands of years in advance. God, who is sovereign over and foreknowing of the future, telling us in detail exactly what his plan is for human history and the coming of Jesus into human history. A number of prophecies could be shared, promises that God makes. I'll share with you two that are particularly pertinent to our examination of Luke chapter 2. The first is in Isaiah 7.14, written roughly 700 years before Jesus was born. God says through the prophet Isaiah, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. God says the answer to the human sin problem is Emmanuel. It's a title, a designation, which means what? God is with us. So God is coming into human history. God is coming to visit our planet and to be with people. All right. <laughs> so there, that, that, right off the bat, there are a couple problems. And he doesn't even Just go into them. It, it somehow doesn't occur to him that if these prophecies are true, that God is uh, prophesying 700 years before Jesus is born, that Jesus will be born, then uh, God knows past, present, and future. Is that, is yes, that fair does. to say? That is, uh, that is very fair to say, which means that God knows exactly what we are going to do every day, every minute, every second of our lives. Right. So if that's the case, we cannot be held morally responsible. If God, in other words, if God is omniscient, if he knows everything, past, present, and future, that means the universe is an iron block. There is no chance, there's no probability, and we cannot make any decisions that are different than the ones God knows that we're going to make, which means the entire cosmos is a gigantic masturbatory exercise on God's behalf. It's like this massive computer simulation that God just presses the play button and watches. There's no branching, twisting turns, nothing. It's just one straight line. Uh, and if, if that is the case, then why the hell is it that we come to this earth and then we either make it to heaven or we're cursed into hell? Uh, does that make any sense? Or could not God just plug us into this computer and then we wake up and go, oh shit, you're right, God, I need to learn a little bit more. Yeah, the whole episode is ridiculous. Uh, it's like uh, God's bored that he's created the universe. And so what does he do? He creates human beings, but he already knows what's going to happen. Does, isn't that boring? <laughs> <laughs> but see, well, the, how, would, how would you entertain somebody who knows the past, present, and future? Right. I mean... He's just sitting outside time and space thinking, well, I've seen that show before. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that turns out. God, I mean, how would you do that? I mean... Maybe that's why he created Satan, so he could have a little bit of fun, but then again, he knows exactly what Satan's going to do, so uh, God upstairs, the only way he can uh, have any fun is masturbation, and my bet is that's why we had a worldwide flood. God was masturbating on the earth. Yeah, now let's talk about his Isaiah prophecy. This is one of two that he brings, you know, that are so important. And uh, Isaiah, I believe it was 714, um, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and we'll call him Emmanuel. First of all, God got the name wrong. <laughs> His name was Jesus, <laughs> not Emmanuel. Which was a very, very common name back then. You get the idea that God's uh, up there going, ah, shit, did I say Emmanuel? <laughs> 
It was yeah, 700 was, years ago. I, I can't remember this stuff. Uh, he, he was thinking of a buddy at the time. He's just like, yeah, yeah, I should send down Jesus. Oh, wait, oh, Emmanuel just walked in the door. Or Mary and Joseph are down there saying, we really want to name this kid Jesus. And God's like, uh-uh, Emmanuel, name Emmanuel. Well, I, I kind of prefer Jesus. Listen, I'm God. Name. All right, we'll name Emmanuel. And then on the birth certificate, Jesus. God's like, damn it! slipped it. <laughs> damn it! You screwed up my prophecy. Uh, well, you think God would have a say in that, since supposedly he is uh, Jesus' father, but maybe he lost out on that war because he wasn't paying any child support. No, <laughs> it's entirely possible. <laughs> um, the Hebrew word uh, is Alma, that, that uh, um, in, in question, it, uh, it means young woman. Now, that also can be translated... As virgin, because typically Jewish women who were young and weren't married were virgins. But it doesn't necessarily mean virgin. It means literally young woman, which is actually kind of interesting because you remember in the Book of Mormon, there's a whole book of Alma, right? Yeah, that was and, actually going through my head. And Alma's a man. <laughs> it shows you how much the young Joseph Smith knew Hebrew. Oh, well, God. Well, maybe it a was. A bunch like of Jews walking around, and there's this prophet named Alma. Wouldn't they make fun of him? Shouldn't that be in the book of Alma? Well, it, it, Dude, it's, it's maybe like that, that country <laughs> song, A Boy Named Sue, except now it's A Boy <laughs> Named Alma. That's right. That's why Alma was so tough. Oh, God. But they're always talking about context to the Bible, right? Yep. Like, uh, later on in the More Than One Lesson, they'll talk about, you know, Bill Maher knows the Bible, but he doesn't know the context. Well, here's a pastor who is a complete idiot about the context. Do you know what the context is about uh, Isaiah 7.14? I'm sure you're going to tell me. The uh, Aramites and the Israelites were uh, seeking an alliance to conquer Jerusalem. Uh, King Ahaz was afraid that, that this alliance would mean the end of Jerusalem, right? So the yep. prophet Isaiah comes up and he says, Look, they're not going to be successful, and I'm going to offer you this sign. Behold, a virgin slash young woman... <laughs> uh, we'll be with child and we'll give birth to a son. And it goes on. That's where they always stop. These Christians always stop right there. But it goes on. But before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. So, <laughs> what the hell does that have to do with Jesus? <laughs> well, see, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking Isaiah was a, a pretty smart prophet because he was basically hedging his bets that there would be a young woman who would give birth to a man and that man would save them. That's a pretty good bet. Well, <laughs> what he's saying actually is that in a couple of years, <laughs> there's a young woman she's going to give birth, but before this kid grows up and knows the difference between right and wrong, right? So probably when he's like three or four years old, or according to Mormons, eight, those two kingdoms will be gone. So you don't don't worry about it, basically. And now Christians clearly in the first century are searching the Bible over and over again, this Old Testament. Please, dear God, give us some sort of prophecy because our Messiah is totally different than the one that was expected. And so they find this stuff and rip it out of context. And so now what they'll say is, it was a double prophecy. It meant, you know, that you could help uh, um, this King Ahaz let him know that Jerusalem's not going to be conquered. But also, 700 years from now, somehow it'll refer to a virgin birth of a Messiah. Ridiculous. And if anyone should know that, it's the pastor. 
And that's exactly right. I mean, don't you people out there, especially pastors, don't you want to go and learn as much about your religion as you possibly can? That way, if you get a couple of assholes like us coming forward, you can actually try and refute what we're saying. Oh, wait, if you actually looked into your history and into the religion itself, you would become us as the assholes, and you would start going after everybody else, too. <laughs> Which would be a welcome change, I think, for church. Yeah. All right, uh, we got a second prophecy, and that's in Micah. Are you ready for this one? Yes, I am. Second prophecy that I want to share with you is in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, written about 400 years before the birth of Jesus. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose origin is from old, from ancient days. In the Hebrew, a literal rendering is from eternity. And from these and other promises, the expectation and anticipation was... A Savior is coming, a Deliverer, a Redeemer, a Hero. He will be God among us. Mother of God, does this guy know anything about his own history? I mean, we're talking about Luke here, where everybody knows that the whole Bethlehem thing was inserted because this new religion where Christianity is concerned was trying to make any connection into the history of the Bible that they possibly could. Right, what's great is that... Mark and John agree that Jesus' hometown was Nazareth. Even yeah. Luke has to explain it, right? These yeah. are called Jesus of Nazareth. The, the early Christians are called Nazarenes. And so this has to be explained away. Matthew is the only guy who's like, oh, psh, I'll just take him and put him in Bethlehem. He wasn't Jesus of Bethlehem. <laughs> it's Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> and, and then Matthew and Luke get him there in different ways. Um, Luke with this ridiculous story yeah. about the yeah, census. Actually, yeah, well, I mean, the census is just absolutely ridiculous because, A, there is absolutely no historical evidence for a census that required everybody to travel back to the towns of their ancestry, and B, they went to Bethlehem supposedly because uh, Joseph's lineage brought him back to David. And David was many, 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 many generations before that. So I would ask all of our listeners right now to think about it and think, where would you go? Where is your great-grandfather from? Where's your great-great-grandfather from? So on and so forth. So how exactly did these people, without a written record, know exactly what their genealogy was and know exactly where to go? And why the hell would Rome want this. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Why would Augustus care where your ancestral lineage is from? This guy even says inside this lecture, this pastor, censuses are for the purpose of taxation. You know, we do them today so that we figure out how many people live in a certain city and so we can derive, you know, drive resources to that city and we can tax appropriately. So, why in the world would Augustus say, all right, everybody, why don't you go to where you uh, your ancestors are from a thousand years ago, and we'll count you then. And there he goes, okay, look at all this. Bethlehem, my God, it has 25,000 people in it. I'll tax the shit out of it. And Joseph runs back, woohoo, <laughs> I'm now in Nazareth again. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And if there was, you're absolutely right, if there was um, an empire-wide census that was this disruptive to people's lives, we would have heard about it. That's exactly right. I mean, you got to think 
that if something this widespread happened, that there would be outside sources other yeah. than the Christian Bible that would attest to it. Absolutely. And there was a census taken by Quirinius in 6 of the Common Era. We have documentation of that. But remember, Jesus is about 10 years old <laughs> at that point. <laughs> and that's according to Matthew, who locates Jesus' birth uh, under Herod who died in 4 B.C. So there's a 10-year gap between Matthew uh, and Luke as far as their birth. Well, that's been another favorite story of mine. You have Herod, who died in 4 B.C. Jesus is supposed to be born on 0 B.C. So uh, how did Herod go around trying to kill all the little babies if he was already dead? Right. Jesus was born four years before Christ. Ridiculous. <laughs> all right. Um, in this... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> this next clip, he talks about Luke. And, and uh, let me tell you, I was stunned when I heard this. You know, I didn't think intelligent people still actually believed this, but here you go. Here we go. Are you ready? Yep. Luke was a very well-educated and articulate, intelligent man. As we've examined, he was funded by a generous donor named Theophilus to do a historical examination, investigation of the person and the work of Jesus. And he records for us the life and works of Jesus from the eyewitness testimony of those who were actually present for certain events. And so he would have interviewed Mary, and he would have interviewed others who were present and grew up with the Lord Jesus. Is this guy just pulling <laughs> shit out of his ass? Why is the audience serious. not going, what the hell are you talking about? You're just making it up. He cannot be serious. Oh, my God. He thinks Luke actually wrote Luke, when the text of Luke itself doesn't claim that. <laughs> Nowhere inside the text it says, I, Luke, am sitting down to write this. No. The only reason, uh, and the first description of this happened in, late in the 2nd century, where they're fighting these dogmatic wars, and they want to um, attribute these anonymous gospels that have been floating around for over a century uh, to either apostles or people who are really close to apostles. Right. Um, so the first description of Luke we have is late in the second century. For those curious why it was ascribed to Luke rather than anyone else, is because the author of Luke, at the end of Luke, it ends uh, and uh, with Jesus's like um, proclamation to go spread the gospel to all the lands, and in Acts it takes off right from there. So Luke and Acts were written probably by the same guy. It's like. Luke yep. chapter 2. And uh, <laughs> Acts is all about Paul, right? And in his travels. And one of Paul's traveling companions was Luke. That's where the ascription comes from. Nowhere yep. in either Luke or in Acts does he say, I Luke. Even when he talks about Luke. <laughs> <laughs> I walked with Paul. He doesn't say that. So that that's ridiculous. You know, this guy thinks that this that whoever wrote Luke was going around and he interviewed Mary. <laughs> <laughs> really? Mary's still alive after having given birth to Jesus in 4 BC, or at the latest, I suppose, 6. Still alive in 80 AD when uh, Luke wrote Luke? Come yeah, on. Um, maybe Come we on. should point out that Mark, yes, Mr. Pastor, Mark was the earliest gospel written, and it wasn't written until 40 years after Jesus, Jesus died. was crucified. Right. So apparently, you know, um, Mary's probably around... 90 to 100 years old at the time Luke was written. <laughs> well, you know, I hear they lived longer back then because they all knew how to wash their hands and not shit yeah. in the river that they were drinking from. Right, absolutely. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Staggering ignorance. But it gets worse, if you can believe it. 
Oh, God, I don't think it's possible. This is a great one. Um, he claims that Jesus is um, historical facts. Here we go. And as he tells us about the birth of Jesus, he introduces us to a number of people who are present and living in that day, showing us that this is historically rooted fact, that the issues surrounding Jesus are, in fact, historical. So, historically rooted fact, right? Because it mentions Augustus and Quirinius and Herod, uh, it's clearly historically rooted fact. You know, I think the same thing about Harry Potter when they mentioned England, right? <laughs> it's clearly everything in that gospel, in that book is historically rooted fact because they mentioned one historical place. You know, uh, if we were going to accept that this was historically rooted facts, uh, don't you think they could have got all the facts correct? Yeah, right. Um, God. <laughs> you know, because Battlestar Galactica mentions Earth. <laughs> <laughs> it is historically rooted fact. Yes, yes, we're still all running from the Cylons. Uh, this is kind of a curious claim he makes in this next one. And all of this happens in the fullness of time when there is Pax Romana, Roman peace, when there are highways that connect nations, when there is common language and information and people can travel widely. So Jesus is born at the time when the news of him can spread unlike any other time in history. Oh my God, this guy is a retard. Have oh my, you ever oh my God. heard of Herodotus, a Greek historian, the first true historian, and he traveled from Greece to Egypt? Mid-400s um, mid B.C. is when he's doing this. He documented Battle of Marathon. This guy actually did go around and interview people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he actually did a hell of a lot better job because we're discovering that a lot of what he was talking about, if not all, is not only plausible but p correct. Right, a lot, a lot of it's exaggerated, clearly. He loved a good story. Yeah. Um, and some of it you can blame on um, Egyptian guides, probably, who are taking him around and just making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot, yeah, a lot has been uh, verified. I mean, you're finding a lot of stuff that supports Herodotus, uh, unlike, say, Luke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, hell. Unlike any other time in history. I, I don't know, because we don't know anything about the pyramids, right, of, of 25, 2600, you know, 4,500 years ago. Yeah, um, yeah because we know we, nothing about them. We don't know anything about, I don't know, Sumeria. We don't know anything about the Persian <laughs> Empire. What is this guy smoking? Um, uh, nothing what, about Xerxes or, what or... What about Alexander the Great, the giant empire that reached the ends of the known world? Uh, you don't think Jesus could have been born during that time? Right, which was 330 years before Jesus was born. Why couldn't God have inserted him there? What do you mean, unlike any other time in history? God, what a, what a total moron. This guy is just pulling shit out of his ass. Why is it the audience isn't just laughing at him at this point? We're talking about a Christian audience here. Uh, These guys true. are probably, in in all likelihood, dumber than this pastor. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm not going to argue that. So here we go. Um, he's made a, an assertion about it being historical fact. And let's see what he says to shore up this assertion and provide evidence. Are you ready for this one? I am ready. Now, that is... The historical truth. Christianity is rooted in the person and work of Jesus and in historical facts. These are historical facts. They are summarized and recounted by even those who are not Christians but are 
faithful historians. And my guess is that most of you, if not all of you, are familiar with these historical facts. If nothing else, every Christmas you watch the Peanuts cartoon and you hear Linus do his thing and all of these words come into your mind and you say, yes, we had a nativity scene. I've heard something about Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus in the manger with all the animals. We see this every Christmas. There you have it. Indisputable historical fact as witnessed to the, by the publication in the Peanuts Christmas cartoon. You know, there's a problem, though. There is a competing god. I uh, have seen the, the wicked goddess, or the Wiccan goddess, Gaia, in Calvin and Hobbes. So uh, we have historical facts about Gaia as well. <laughs> <laughs> well... Um, that's not a source as unimpeachable as Linus. So, well, therefore... should I have gone to Garfield because I'm pretty sure he talks about Zeus? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now, getting back to the prophecies, he, he makes the uh, crazy assertion that Jesus was prophesied way back in Genesis. I, I found this very curious. So let, let's let's listen to him flesh this out. All right. The first intimation of the virgin birth of Jesus is in Genesis 3.15, where our first parents sin against God. God comes down, he talks about the consequences of sin, and he promises the coming of Jesus as Savior. And he says that Jesus would be born of a woman, and it mentions nothing of a father. And as you read Genesis forward, Genesis and the rest of the Old Testament is a patriarchal book tracing family history through the male line. So it always says this man had these children and then this man had these children. And in Genesis 3.15 it says, and Jesus will have a mother, no dad. You know, with that, that's pretty damning. I don't know if we can refute that. That is a lot of information to be packed up into one Bible verse. (laughs) I mean, this is Genesis we're talking about here. This was the first creation. Absolutely. The first book of the Bible, written by Moses himself, apparently. If this guy believes Luke wrote Luke, (laughs) apparently this was written by Moses. So first book of the Bible, apparently Adam and Eve um, knew, because once they ate the fruit, God told them that, you know, I'm going to send someone to redeem from your sins, and he's going to be born of a virgin female, and uh, won't have a father. That's all in Genesis 3.15. So I actually was kind of curious, and and I looked it up. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Pastor, in advance. Uh, We realize that you're pulling shit out of your ass, so uh, (laughs) this uh, this may hurt. Here it is, Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That's the entire text of Genesis 3.15. <laughs> I don't know well, where he's um, getting this shit about the mother and no father, if or you Jesus read between at all. the lines of bruising, what, what he means with that is childbirth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we talked a little bit earlier about first century Christians searching through the scriptures, trying to find anything in a desperate search to, to prop up their idea of the suffering Messiah. This is essentially outright rape of the scriptures. This... <laughs> What well, in the hell? Where is this coming from? Does that mean he uh, he raped this scripture in a field and it wasn't betrothed, so now he has to marry it for life? That means before the sermon, he opened it up to Genesis 3.15, put some KY jelly in there, and just went to town. <laughs> Spooched all over it. Now the pages are stuck together, which is why he had to <laughs> stick to it. <laughs> which is why he had to go by memory. <laughs> That's the best use for a Bible I've seen yet. <laughs> All right. He has saved his most crazy assertions 
for last. All right. This, this is absolutely amazing, and I apologize to, to make you listen to roughly a minute of this, but it's so crazy you have to hear it in his own words. I'm ready. The concepts of pagan mythology were just that, mythology. I was in Greece uh, this past summer, and there are still temples and monuments to Zeus and to various gods and goddesses, Athena, after which the city of Athens is named, and no one actually thought these people really lived. It's like Wolverine and Spider-Man, right? They're sort of fanciful beings and interesting stories, and, you know, people build monuments to them. They called them temples. We call them theaters. But no one ever thought it was real. Like, kids weren't growing up and going, Mom, where's the guy who does the web slinging? Mom didn't say, well, he's in Ohio, you know. (laughs) Really? No, not really. It's a mythical being. We know that Spider-Man isn't real, or at least most of us. Uh, we know that Superman isn't real. We know that Wolverine isn't real. And they knew that Zeus wasn't real, and they knew that Athena wasn't real. These were the, essentially superheroes of their day. Oh, that just pisses me off. He went after my absolute favorite culture and civilization in history. Which and is said, the Spider-Man comics. Yes, I can't believe he would put down Mary Jane. I mean, the beauty of that redhead. I don't even have to put a bag over her head, and the pages don't stick. Oh, he has done it now. Oh, you goddamn son of a bitch. So this guy, you... this guy believes, literally, that they thought their religion was mythology. They thought yeah. Zeus didn't really exist, and they didn't know where the gods were. I'll give you a clue. The gods lived in Mount Olympus, dipshit. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, how about the Oracle of Delphi? Uh, what God. was her point if all this was just mythology and Wolverine right. was there? What was all the uh, money given to the to the Oracle at Delphi to get omens from the god Apollo? What was that about if they didn't believe it, if they thought that it was just mythology? What well, about all the animal what... sacrifices? What about all the omens that they went and got before battle? Yeah, I mean, here's you... one for you. Why is it Sparta didn't join in at the Battle of Marathon? Oh, wait, because they were celebrating a festival to the gods. Mythology, you know. They... they... <laughs> What a dude. They said, uh, it's just mythology. We'll be, we'll be around in a little bit. Of course they believed it. it you know, <laughs> the only difference between mythology and religion is that people currently believe and worship in, in a, something you consider religion. Yeah. You know, the only reason you think Greeks' religion is mythology is because essentially no one believes it anymore. And so it kind of shades off into mythology. But let me tell you this. There is nothing whatsoever fundamentally different between Greek myths and Christianity. And if this was just mythology, then why did the early Christian church actually go into Greece and snuff out this other religion? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So so he he compa- and I love how arrogant he is by saying no one really believes that Spider-Man exists. No one really believes that Superman exists. Oh, piss a- off. I know Spider-Man exists. I've seen him. As if believing in Jesus is so much better. <laughs> We're so well, smart. We're not like those idiots who believe Spider-Man really exists. We Jesus believe in- does have superpowers. I've seen him walk <laughs> water, of course. Uh, how he's going to use that to fight evil, I don't know. <laughs> what is, the translation is, my superhero is real. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. All right, this last one is my absolute favorite. 
he's talking about uh, how, because um, the common criticism, he's educated enough to know, uh, be vaguely aware that it, one of the criticisms of Christianity is that they stole stuff from the pagans, right? Yeah. Here's his response. First of all, the story of Jesus' virgin birth is very different than pagan mythology, and it predates it. So if anything, the pagans stole their ideas from the Bible. We didn't steal the concept of the virgin birth from them. I am dumbfounded. Scripture predates... That's the first time I've heard that argument. Uh, that's the first time anybody's been stupid enough to put forth that argument. Uh, look, pastor... Um, I don't know what your name is. I don't really care to know what your name is because I think you're an absolute, total, unredeemable moron. And not only that, but you're leading people to believe moronic ideas. Why not actually teach something that's true? Pastor, you are not, in this instance, arguing with us. You're not arguing with Chuck and Layton of irreligiosity. <laughs> you are arguing with Justin Martyr and Tertullian, two of the church fathers who lived... A hell of a lot closer to uh, Christ's actual time, if he existed, than you. <laughs> the only reason you believe this shit, or can believe this shit, is because it's been 2,000 years, and the church thoroughly stomped out pagan sources, uh, which allows you to be absolutely uneducated about paganism. God, you're a moron. My God. Uh, he this... actually believes that the parting of the Red Sea wasn't stolen from Sneferu the pyramid builder, the man who built first three pyramids. Yeah, th this, this, this gets me. Uh, unless you can show that the story of Noah uh, was written down before about, what, 2800 uh, B.C., at least 2200 B.C.? Yeah, the Epic um, of Gilgamesh. And good luck on that one, because there's no evidence of a written Hebrew language before the year 1000 B.C. God, he's a dipshit. Which yeah, is around the time of David. So if you can find... Otherwise, it's a clearly a naked assertion. It is an assertion without any supporting evidence. He just throws it out there, and people accept it. Well, I tell you, if you have no evidence, and you make a naked assertion, we can dismiss it without any evidence. We don't even have to show you Sumerian tablets with the Epic of Gilgamesh on it from you know, 1100, 2200 B.C. Uh, we don't have to show you um, any of this stuff. The proof of the sacrament, uh, as practiced by uh, Egyptians... Um, the Babylonian Job, the Assyrian Job, <laughs> and you guys in your Bible couldn't even get the whole point of the story down. Yeah. So um, I'd like you, Pastor, if you're going to continue giving this ridiculous, stupid uh, lecture series, to do a little research. If you want, come on the show. I'd be happy yeah. to talk to you because apparently you're a very educated man, and uh, you can certainly put us in our place. So yeah, He knows uh, more than we do. That much is obvious. <laughs> Come on the show, and we'll have a discussion. Otherwise, if you can't support this ridiculous stuff, quit passing it on. Yeah. All right, that that is Mars Hill uh, in a nutshell. We actually spent uh, a little bit more time than I thought on that one. So let's move on to uh, one of your podcasts that you listen to. Yeah, yeah, seeing how Charlie is kind of a podcast hog and just taking it all, how about we move into the Wigglyan way? Damn now, straight. Uh, truth be told, I was actually kind of looking forward to listening to this uh, podcast because... It's a couple of Wiccans, and they are uh, they're discussing the whole Wiccan religion. And I've already discussed this on the show that uh, that the Wiccan history and the religion itself kind of fascinates me. That I've actually been to uh, some of the ceremonies that my neighbor is Wiccan, and we get into conversations all the time. And truth be told, I have never been more disappointed in my life. Really, this it's it's really really pathetic. 
And uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> now the, these uh, guys, um, they're Wiccans, right? Yes. So they're not. I suppose they're pagan in the sense that they don't believe in Christianity. Um, and yeah. people will confuse Wiccans with Satanists. Uh, yeah. That they're not Satanists. What do they believe? Well, they uh, they believe in in uh, a lot of gods, and it's a, it's a very nature based religion. I mean, you have the horned god, you have Gaia or uh, the crone. Uh, they actually discuss the crone in this one, and uh, you would think, uh, seeing how the crone is such an important goddess to them, I mean, you would think that they could talk for hours about this woman. Now, uh, just to give you uh, a little idea, a background, uh, we have a woman, and she goes by the name Sparrow, and then we have the man, and he goes by the name Mojo. <laughs> Mojo. So, yes, yes, Mojo Jojo. Mo and <laughs> you, uh, going to their site... Is that a... <laughs> Is that an ancient pagan name, Mojo? <laughs> it, it's got to be. <laughs> Mojo. Oh, you know, the funniest thing is, you go to their site, and they have, uh, they have pictures up of them doing the podcast, of where they do the podcast, and I'm thinking, God damn, they spent a lot of money because they have the professional microphones in front of them with the whole windscreen in front of it so they don't hear the whistling air. And I'm thinking, wow, Charlie and I are a couple of dipshits. All we got is a headset and uh, a little microphone that pokes me in the eye. I get <laughs> Why is your microphone poking you in the eye? That seems like a misuse of the microphone. Yeah, I've been wondering why they manufactured a microphone for my eye for a long time. <laughs> One of the problems is if we put it too close to our mouth, we don't have that fancy little air blocker, right? And so you get yeah. the breathing and you get the spit and that sort of thing. I have to say that I'm jealous of these other podcasts for their sound quality. Certainly, I, I'm a doctor, not a sound engineer. <laughs> no, neither of us are. <laughs> and and so and these guys um, often have better sound equipment than we do. I don't know how they afford this stuff. Um, better sound equipment and a better concept of, of what to do with it than we do. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest problem is you and I spend our money on something different. They spend it on sound equipment. Uh, we spend it on getting laid. Which is why the hookers down here in Salt Lake City are actually booming in this economy. Well, in my case, it's crystal meth. I would much rather spend any extra money I can get my hands on on black tar heroin <laughs> and crystal meth. Well, that explains why your teeth are falling out and you have open <laughs> sores all over your body. Um, you know, when we're cuddling and I stick my finger in an open sore, it, it, it's not a turn-on. Have I mentioned that there are spiders all over my body right now? It's very distracting. <laughs> Well, that that would explain why you uh, aren't as intellectual as you normally are. <laughs> all, all right, right, all right. We've, we've gone completely way. off topic. Wiggly and way. So the Wiggly and way. Now uh, these uh, these Wiggly and or these Wiccans, they uh, they actually talk about being nominated on the podcast awards, and uh, I I'm afraid that they have beaten us. Where uh, where respect is concerned, and I'm going to play for you, and I apologize, it's 53 seconds long, but 
but I'm going to play for you how they thank their audience. And be on there. I am surfing my Facebook one day, and Darkly Faze got a notice up. Go nominate the Wiggly and Way for podcast awards. I'm starting to get a little bit like emotional here, actually. Wow. That's crazy. Crazy talk. Unbelievable. You guys are. Do we not have the greatest friends in Podkin? Like, it's amazing. You know, yeah. It is truly all about the love. And thank you guys, you two especially, but everybody else. Hey, thank you. If you've even listened to the Wiggly and Way ever just once, this is your first time. Thanks. If it's your 58th time, thanks. Love us, hate us. Thanks for listening. You we guys, love you. You guys rock. You rock. They're like the nicest witches ever. <laughs> <laughs> Why weren't they sacrificing a baby while they were saying thanks? Uh, no kidding. Cut um, open a goat, fiddle through the innards, tell us the future. Why are you? Why are you so nice? I also have a message for our listeners. Quit sucking our bandwidth, you parasites. <laughs> Do you guys really need to come to our website that much? I mean, seriously, you guys are costing us money, and the beers you buy us are not paying for it. You <laughs> cheapskates. <laughs> Whether this You're is... not even clicking on the ads we put up. <laughs> I don't think I've put up an ad for months. <laughs> uh, that's because it's kind of a pointless endeavor. As soon as they find out what podcast we are, we're going to have a Judas turn us in and get us canceled anyway. It's true. Um, on that new one, the ad bright, we've made, on average, one cent per day. My God, I can retire on that. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, so getting back to it, all right, now that we've berated our listeners and shown the proper respect, I would like to point out that uh, that Sparrow is uh, is a teacher, and in fact, uh, they're, they're Canucks. So uh, I apologize, Canadian nation, that you guys have to be subjected to these two. But anyway, we'll get to that later. But these Canucks, uh, she is a teacher. And uh, she teaches the Wiccan religion, and in fact, she was talking about how she had a class and two students arrived, uh, the only two in the class, and that she couldn't... (laughs) Wait, she's not like a high school teacher, she teaches Wicca, or is that what's going on? If she's a high school teacher, then she only has a class with two students. (laughs) She actually specifically states that she was waiting in class and the only two students showed up. So I I don't know what kind of teacher she is. So what do you got next up on this on what? this clip? I'm trying to build up to it if you would just shut up and sit Go back. For it. You're, you're normally lazier than this. Bring it on, bring it on. All right, all right. I'm getting so, bored. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she loses her teaching material. In fact, it's it's a small CD that she has lost, and she searches around for like three hours before finding it. And I'm going to play for you the response wherein she describes not only... Uh, well, I know what oops. happened. Jesus um, zapped her teaching material away. That's what happens uh, when you're a pagan or a witch. Jesus uh, screws around with you. Yeah, Jesus stands in the way to stop it. But I'm sorry... Jesus was too slow. Here's the reason why. Like, lady, 
I found it. (laughs) Which powers activate? Yeah, the fairies kind of, whether you think the fairies take things or not, I believe they do. They hide them so that you will become better prepared and more organized. I think that's what the fairies are trying to teach me. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Which powers activate? So what's your response, Charlie? Uh, I love how she says, um, (laughs) I don't care what people think. I believe fairies exist. <laughs> and I got to tell you. Not only do they exist, but they come to cause her trouble so she can yeah. learn to be more organized. Much like Jesus, these fairies have nothing better to do than screw around with people's lives. It Obviously, if, the, if you set your book down and then leave... It doesn't teach you a lesson to be more organized. If fairies pick it up and move it somewhere else, <laughs> they're dicks, just like Jesus. That's just asshole behavior. I mean, talk about <laughs> what, what being more uh, more. <laughs> Do you have to chain it to the desk? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> is that how you become more organized? Is you tie everything down so the fairies can't take it? I thought they the fairies just did stuff like fix your shoes when you leave them outside the door. Now they're now th- those are gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fairy sweatshop are you running over at your place? <laughs> I ran out of Thai refugees, and now I'm I'm oh, uh, restricted God. to fairy labor. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do my best not to beat the fairies until they're dead, like I did the refugees. <laughs> <laughs> I I gotta tell you. This Wiccan religion is uh, no less stupid than any other religion. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it it's no better, it's no worse. It, it's just, it seems like equally stupid. Th- this person misplaces her book, she can't find it, she looks around, and what does she do? Instead of blaming herself for misplacing the book, it's got to be fairies. Yeah. If, it, if they were Christian, it would have been Satan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and... It's exactly like my neighbor. I mean, uh, my neighbor's Wiccan. I love him. The guy's crazy. He makes me laugh. Uh, When he's having a bad day where he's walking around and nothing's going right, he looks up in the sky and goes, God damn it, Coyote, would you just leave me alone? And, of course, Coyote is the god of mischief. So there's a god up there, much like Satan or Jesus, that's just out to torment the shit out of us. I thought that was Loki. Uh, well, it depends on the religion you're going after. <laughs> <laughs> it's always someone else's fault, right? It's not your fault. Yeah, yeah. Has nothing to do with things happen. That's yeah. that's where that um, bumper sticker comes from. I'm starting to understand the appeal of religion. Yeah. You just yeah. blame all your shit on someone else. It's a magical fairy in the sky. In this case... Literal fairies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the lesson today is chain your shit down so the fairies won't take it. Right. Special fairy-proof chains. All right. Well, actually, they uh, they go into uh, what they are going to talk about, which is the crone. And this is how they introduce it. This was just too priceless. So tonight's show, we're going to talk about the crone much feared hidden face of the goddess who chills men to the bone or on the flip side makes us think of baking cookies and sitting on our grandma's laps (laughs) or chilling men to the bone okay is this guy canadian or is he a pirate (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't think he even knows. <laughs> this reminds me of nothing more. When we did our haunted house, we went around um, to these various haunted houses in Salt Lake. We were trying to get ideas. Um, this reminds me of nothing more than these out-of-work actors that, that volunteer uh, at these haunted houses to try to scare people, right? They'd sit there and, um, for God's sakes, if you're going to interact with the public, I got a pro tip for you. Brush your teeth. Take a Take bath as a well. a bath. <laughs> the, the, the only body odor is not scary. <laughs> I, on the contrary, that was the most frightening thing about those haunted houses. <laughs> yeah, well, so, so they introduce the crone, and then they go on to discuss how old people frighten them. And uh, the reason why old people frighten them is because, uh, at, at, at least Mojo, he's frightened of them because he believes the old people are going to drop dead in front of him. So we, we've gotten in here where, where they've just talked about it. They've talked about the fear of old people dying in front of them. And then you would think they would actually get down to the discussion. But, oh, wait, they now have to take a break and play two Wiccan songs and an advertisement. So we're talking a 10-minute span here where you're sitting there going, what the hell, and you're fast-forwarding trying to get to where they actually talk about it. That is <laughs> very strange. You know, the, these breaks are holdover from commercial breaks from broadcast radio and television. There really is no reason. And I've heard this podcast after podcast. Okay, we're going to take a break now, and then some instrumental thing for a minute, and you're sitting in your car going, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are you forcing me to listen to a one-minute solo instrumental when you could have just edited your break out? I mean, really, do these guys record their podcast, hit a little music song, and go take a piss? Is that what they do? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, 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 this is not the sound of music. We don't have to get up to stretch our legs. Most of us are listening to this while we're doing something else. Right. I'm often sitting in my car listening to these podcasts. I can't take a break. <laughs> driving <laughs> well see you think that's bad they took they they went into a description which i'll get to they went into a description about the crone and then they took another 10 minute break where they played two more wiccan songs and one more adv advertisement i'm sitting there going mother of god would you knock it off wiccan advertising really yeah what, what are they was, advertising a different Wiccan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Yes, yes. I <laughs> guess I guess when you're a Wiccan podcast, your advertising options are limited. Yeah. Yeah, very very limited. Well, anyway, uh the uh, the actual description of the crone was excruciating. And I say excruciating because uh this is the first time I have ever wanted to slip my wrist. So I believe that these Wiccans were casting a curse through their podcast at me because <laughs> I really wanted to end my life while listening to this. It lasted for 16 minutes of shit. That curse is worse than an exploding penis. Yes. Guaranteed. Listening to this woman read what the crone is about is worse than having my penis get larger and then explode. <laughs> <laughs> so let's play just a little bit about, of this so you all can understand where I'm coming from. You realize this is like the ring. You're passing on the curse right now. Oh, I know. 
I know. I, I figure we're going to lose half our listener base, but the other half will plug their ears. For women, the moon is especially connected to our blood and so links us to all the mysteries of birth, life, and death. The moon connects us with the trees and their stories and uses, as each of her cycles is named for one of these living kinfolk of the earth. In a society based on solar concepts and imagery, Luna is a special especially helping in attuning us to the dark side and to the many qualities associated with deep self. What? Sixteen minutes. Sixteen goddamn minutes of her reading just like that. Well, it's news to be that the moon controls a woman's menstrual cycle. <laughs> well, you're a doctor. Didn't you learn that in med school? Yeah, just like the tides. If it weren't for the moon, uh, women would not menstruate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know what she's talking about. Uh, it, it's it's just full shit, but it's boring as shit. And uh, I, I mean, to give you an idea, the most outlandish they got is uh, when they were talking about the old people dying in front of them. He actually calls her a milf, and that's the most outlandish these guys got. And it was just shocking to me that 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 actually came out on their show. You know, listening to a Wiccan podcast, you'd hope at least that they would sacrifice some babies, um, boil some uh, witch's brew with some eye of newt and a frog's toe or something. But this stuff about the crone and and the Luna, you're just, you're killing me. Oh, you it's, think it's like uh, sleeping medication? Oh, you think that's bad? So after they come back from their second break. Uh, they actually start reading poetry by Wiccans. They just start reading the goddamn poetry. And I'm sitting there going, it's an hour and five minutes into the podcast. Would you mind discussing something of interest? Wow. Reading Wiccan poetry. I'd much yeah. rather learn about, maybe they've already discussed their beliefs or, or you know, uh, some other interesting Wiccan stuff. And I'd much rather learn about it and hear them actually talk and discuss about it instead of just read to me. My God, yeah. I could buy an audio book to have someone read to me. Yeah, uh, well, they after reading the poems, they actually started discussing something of interest, and that was the Caliax. And they even bring up that the Caliax were mentioned in Herodotus, and then they discuss, uh, well, basically folk tales that they believe in, and they even go into how the Caliax more than likely came from India and then kind of transferred up into uh, into Ireland and uh, all those areas. And uh, well, that we all was know, the most interesting thing. We all know the Caliac story was stolen from the Christian Bible by Herodotus. <laughs> that's, that's very true because so we can put the Christian that myth Bible was prior to paganism. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, this, I mean, th this podcast sounds excruciating. It, not not it so is much absolutely painful. Not so much like excruciating as in the last podcast where the guy was just just a stunning amount of shocking amount of ignorance on display. He was retarded, just to say it. This, this, <laughs> <laughs> this is just kind of boring, which I, yeah. I think is more of a crime. That guy was at least listenable. Uh you could listen to him. Uh you know, it took you back to church where, you know, church is boring and yeah. Um, but at least I was irritated enough to keep listening. Th this just awesome. seems like, um, I don't know, like a, an ambient or so, something that just. Puts I you to actually sleep. started watching Hot Shots Part Two 
while listening to them because I was so bored silly. If your alternative to boredom is Hot Shots Part Due, you're in serious trouble as a podcaster. <laughs> that's that's very true because that was the height of Charlie Sheen's acting career. And <laughs> it, it, if I have to resort to that for entertainment, you can only imagine the hell I was in. That's that's sheer desperation. You got any more <laughs> clips from these guys? Actually, I do. Now, uh, they choose to end their show on a joke, and uh, I chose to put this in there for the simple fact that you all have to share in my pain. So here's their closing joke. We're going to do our best to get back to you before Samhain. That's the plan. That is the plan. Stan. We'll do what we can. Because <laughs> you're the woman. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I'm waiting for the joke. Let, just let me know when the joke comes. Oh, it already passed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, they seem likable enough. I mean, people call us nerds. These guys seem like um, a little bit like the Canadian version of a nerd. Yeah, yeah. They're likable enough, but they're boring as shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't deny that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't you didn't it. even have to listen to the full like hour and forty minutes of them. I listened to enough, and they yeah. thanked me for it, so I'm, it's much appreciated. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, see, uh, just to prove that uh, that witchcraft and uh, Wiccan religion can be a little bit more interesting, I went to my neighbor and I borrowed a book from him, which is called A Treasury of Witchcraft by Harry E. Weddick wherein I have found all sorts of spells. In fact, I found a spell from ancient Hebrew times that will banish a fever. So I'm, I'm sure Charlie already knows this going through medical school. So I, why, I learned why, why about that. Tell us the st why don't you in, invite us in? Uh, well, essentially what you do is uh, get on your head, take off your pants, um, pee on the baby, uh, swing a dead cat around, and uh, the fever will be gone by the next uh, Sawween. No, no, no. That's the Egyptian way of getting rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I've, uh, I've done that multiple times. It has worked uh, in each case. Well, At least I, I've, I've never seen the patients back. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why you so, haven't seen them back. So I assume it works. Well, so I guess from this uh, this spell, it's believed that there is a demon by the name of Ochnotinos who actually uh, goes into your head and causes you a fever. And the way to get rid of the fever is to say his name, and then you just start taking away letters. So at first you say Ochnotinos, then you say Conotinos, and then you say Notinos, and you just, his name gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and by that, the fever goes away. I wonder how many double-blinded, placebo-controlled trials they've done to verify that this actually works. <laughs> well, actually, they have verified it, because there was another demon by the name of Shabriri, where when they, when they used the same method of taking away letters of his name when they said it, the demon actually shrunk in front of them. Well, um, that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, are we done with that? Please, no, dear God. No, we are not. Jesus because, Christ. Because uh, I have found a spell to summon Lucifer. 
Well, that's interesting. Can you well, do that now? Can you cast uh, you, that spell now? Yes, I can. This comes from the Grimoire, and uh, it's boring as shit, so uh, I'm going to read it as an auctioneer. I conjure you, O spirit, to appear within a minute by the power of great Adonai, by Eloium, by Ariel, Jehovium, Agla, Tagla, Mathan, Orius, Almazan, Arius, Membrot, Varvis, Pithona, Maggots, Silphi, Rabost, Salamandre, Tabost, Nomus, Terre, Colis, Godens, Aqua, Ginjai, Janai, Thomas, Zare, Tekmakdimik. So, does mispronunciation affect the spell in any way? <laughs> if nothing else, it should absolutely piss off Lucifer and make right. him come faster. So, within 60 seconds, he should appear. Yeah. All right. Set your watches. <laughs> probably got about Are we seriously going to sit around here for 60 seconds? Probably got about 45 more seconds. We should yeah. do it. We should take a break and, and play some cheesy instrumental music for the 60 seconds. I absolutely agree. Let's 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 find some Wiccan music cuz it worked so well. <laughs> In a minute, and Satan has not appeared. I'm totally disappointed. Uh, well, uh, it, it it must be that I am not a powerful enough witch or warlock to bring him forward. That may be. Also, laughing in the middle of the spell probably broke its power. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure that my laughter should have pissed him off and got him here faster. <laughs> All right. Can we move on now? Yes, yes. Let's please move on because you are boring the shit out of me. All right. Well, our next podcast is called More Than One Lesson. So uh, these these uh, are all our competition, by the way. Uh, one of these may well take home the prestigious podcastawards.com award. Well, we know it's going to be the Wigglyan Way. We should just bow it, to it. It may well be the Wigglyan Way. Her two students <laughs> <laughs> are going to vote the shit out of that. <laughs> all right. More, more Than One Lesson. What are we laughing at? We got three fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's the great thing about making fun of this beforehand is because it isn't catty. We're just pulling <laughs> shit out of our ass. All right, More Than One Lesson is a podcast. It is called um, More Than One Lesson. Uh, I don't know why. These guys are doing film reviews, I guess. Yeah, um, he's actually a, a filmographer or something in California, and he's doing Christian film reviews. Yeah, film reviews from a Christian perspective. So, 
this is his third episode. It was on Religious, so I thought this is going to be very interesting. Um, it's uh, about Religious, an anti-Christian film from the Christian point of view. So maybe they'll come back with all these counter arguments, and uh, I'll you know learn a ton of stuff. Um, well, you'll you'll find out what happened. Uh, he, this is his third episode. He has a guest on, and his guest gives us uh, a peek into the Christian mindset by describing his reconversion experience. Are you ready for this one? I am ready. Again, it's a minute long, um, so if you need to pee, uh, t- take a potty break, pull your car off the side of the road. <laughs> this That's is fun. our way of giving you breaks is by playing other people's shit. <laughs> <laughs> I went to college in Missouri. I moved out here to uh, be an actor and then uh, I got involved I went to a church uh, after a long stint of blatant transgression uh, <laughs> and and uh, went to a church called Reality LA for a little while and then the Lord just opened himself up to me and was like hey you remember how you got saved in high school and now you've been my enemy for the last little while and I was like oh, I'm an idiot I'm sorry and it was it was much more uh, reverent than that, but submitted myself to him, and immediately he he blessed me with a, a woman that I was supposed to get married to. Mm. So I did a month ago. That's right. Um, but then, uh, but before the wedding happened, uh, he through prayer and, and a number of other confirmations, uh, the Lord was like, "Hey, stop acting, and now you need to think about being a pastor." I'm going to go out on a limb and say. The prayer and other confirmations uh, boiled down to basically he couldn't get a goddamn job acting. <laughs> that yeah, you know no that thought he was good enough. <laughs> uh, that's just a prediction on my part. I've got an even bigger prediction than that. He uh, states that uh, God gave him a woman who he was supposed to marry. Now, uh, let let me put this prediction in front. Uh, he was already thinking about proposing to her and uh he has never before this time gone to god and said should i marry this woman who i am deeply in love with and god has said no i'm sorry i've got another one coming for you yeah here's this woman that he says in hindsight he was supposed to marry that's a post diction it's not a prediction after the after he marries the girl he looks back and says oh lord brought this woman into my life who i was supposed to marry <laughs> so Kiss when he divorces ass. her in about 3 months the lord made that happen as well right exactly that was jesus's plan um so i really like how he says you know i got saved when i was in um, high school, and then you know, I, it was lots of transgressions. Apparently, um, this salvation can rub off. <laughs> it can well, let wear me out. To you here, my transgressions outweigh yours by a hell of a lot more. So. <laughs> and then he says, "God said, hey, um, you know, how you got saved, and and now you're my enemy. Uh, you've been my enemy. What the hell does God care if some pissant, out of work actor is his enemy?" <laughs> you Jesus. know, God tried that shit on me once, and uh, then I cornholed him, and we got over it. He's the omnipotent master of time and space, <laughs> ruler of the universe, and he's pissed off that some unemployed 20-something-year-old actor is his enemy. God almighty. What <laughs> a dick. Very, it's very important for God to <laughs> know that everybody on Earth 
puts praise to him because he's, his ego needs that. He's got the lowest self-esteem of any god I think I've ever heard of. You know, hey, could you come back to me? God. I should start dating God. That way, he will never leave me, even when I start slapping him around for not making my dinner right. <laughs> you sexist bastard. Actually, that would be more sexist if you thought God was actually a female. So I guess it would be homosexist bastard. Uh, you know, that, that reaches a new high for me. I am now a homosexist. <laughs> Right. So, uh, moving on and and talking about you know low egos or or inferiority complexes. Now they talk. They're irritated at Bill Maher uh, for just talking to um, people who don't know what they're talking about and not real legit people. Although they do mention one legit person. Here we go. And you get the impression he talks purposely to people who are, who he feels are are bad representatives of the faith. He talks to a couple. A couple people he talks, he talks to, to a couple people that are legit. Yeah, he talks to a guy named Francis Collins, who's the head of the Human Genome Project. Yep, and clearly an, a <laughs> brilliant guy. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the smartest guy in the film, I would probably say. Um, and that guy's a, a devout Christian. Do you, do you see the inferiority complex? <laughs> yes. Let's let's point out the one person that they think really has the intelligence, and then let's gripe about them not getting enough airtime. He says, this guy's probably the smartest person in the film, and he's a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) This is just like the LDS church going, any celebrity that is Mormon, that's who we point to. Gladys Knight. And and they, they parade her around saying, look, we now don't have to be embarrassed about believing the shit we believe in. Sure, and you get all these rumors right in the Mormon Church that about celebrities who have converted to Mormonism. You'll hear Steve Martin's a Mormon, Christina yeah. Aguilera's a Mormon. You know, and it's all because of this. It's like, and people like them. Aguilera. <laughs> they're oh Mormon. My God. I know. I think they're just making shit up now. These guys are Mormon, so it's okay for me to be Mormon. That's exactly what's going on here. This guy's really smart. And he's Christian, so it's okay for me. Because typically, you know, Christians are really dumb, but this guy's smart. Let me let me tell you how smart um, Francis Collins is. The guy's a, a decent scientist. Um, I think he's a far better administrator than he is an actual scientist. He was head of the GMO project. He, he brought it in, I think, under budget and, and faster than it was supposed to get through. Um, so, you know, he's a decent scientist. Uh, but do you know how he converted? Let me read you the story of how Francis Collins, who claims to have been an atheist before his conversion experience, actually converted. Are you ready? Uh, and I, I, I hesitate ready. to say this because it might convert all of us, too. Us you know, and, uh, it, it's because of an experience like this that I was converted. Here we go. And this is a direct quote from The Language of God, written by Francis S. Collins. On a beautiful fall day, as I was hiking in the Cascade Mountains... The majesty and beauty of God's creation overwhelmed my resistance. As I rounded a corner and saw a beautiful and unexpected frozen waterfall, hundreds of feet high, I knew the search was over. The next morning, I knelt in the dewy grass as the sun rose and surrendered to Jesus Christ. Oh my God. I, th- I-, I'm- I apologize to all of our ex-atheist listeners who are now all Christians. You know, because clearly, frozen <laughs> waterfalls equal Jesus Christ. You know, 
this is this is almost verbatim an experience I had. See, there was this one day I walked out on my balcony, I looked up in the sky, and there was this cloud. Now, this cloud, if I chopped away the latter half of it, squiggled the top, cocked my head to the side, and looked at it through one eye, it looked like Buddha. And that is why I am now a Buddhist. Well, let me tell you this. I was hiking one time, and I really had to take a shit. So I looked around, <laughs> no one's around, and you know what? I took that shit in the wilderness. And as I turned back around and beheld my creation, I was stunned. It was perfectly round, swirled up just like a chocolate ice cream cone, and was pinched Topped off at the corn. top. <laughs> <laughs> with the corn glistening in the sun. Uh, and I could not... I, I could not deny it anymore. Jesus was the Christ, our Lord and Savior. There's no, no other explanation for that completely perfect pile of shit than Jesus himself. Did did that experience also teach you not to eat the cob with the corn? <laughs> <laughs> even even the corn was perfectly preserved. I and think generations out the top. <laughs> a thousand years from now when they dig through the archaeological layers and find that piece of shit, they too will be convinced that Jesus exists. Now, in Francis Collins' defense, he did later go on to Time, uh, Time Magazine, an interview with Time Magazine, say that the waterfall was split into three separate streams, which therefore represented the Trinity, therefore Christianity is true. Oh, God, what a now, retard. we're talking about an intelligent person. This guy has a PhD. He's head of the Genome Project. But this kind of illogic, this kind of uh, uh, jump from some sort of thing that he sees and he interprets as, as evidence, that, that has absolutely nothing to do with the Trinity except in Francis Collins' head. This has nothing to do with any specific theology. It's absolutely no. ridiculous. But this guy makes that leap and he's so proud of it, he puts it in his book. This is not one of the foremost logical brains of our time. But he, these guys in the podcast are convinced that he's really, really smart, and therefore, and he's a Christian, and therefore it's okay to be a Christian. Yeah, let, let me give you a small prediction. If this guy would have been Chinese, and he would have been raised to be the head of the Genome Project in China... And then all of a sudden, walking in nature, he saw something. He wouldn't be praying to Jesus. Hmm. Who well, do you think I would, he'd be praying to? I would like to ask Francis S. Collins, if that waterfall happened to be split in two parts instead of three, would he be uh, then converted to Zoroastrianism <laughs> and believe in Ahura Mazda and uh, the satanic figure of Angria Mainyu? And you right? say I have trouble pronouncing things. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, would he have converted to Zoroastrianism and its two major gods? Come on. Francis yeah. Collins, you may be very, very good scientist in genetics and biology, but you are a complete fucking moron when it comes to logic. Absolute, yeah. complete moron. They should really require some philosophy classes oh in high God. school and college. And, uh, again, this is the guy that they put forth as the so-called expert that Bill Maher didn't yeah. spend enough time with. Um, of course not. <laughs> and so they're frustrated that he doesn't spend a whole lot of time on experts. 
and uh, uh, they vent their frustration thusly. But yeah, I mean, it, honestly, like if you if you are seeking something in anything, in anything else, like it's like I have to know what the best car in the world is. You will talk to car experts <laughs> and perhaps car manufacturers. Perhaps you know if like almost anything else in the world, you would talk to the experts. Um, yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> I, I I totally agree. I just have one question: which theology, which expert? Because if you talk to the Pope, it'll, he's an expert in Catholic theology. If you talk to, uh, but that doesn't tell you anything about Lutheran theology, or Calvinist theology, or Methodist theology, or Episcopalian theology. And these now we're just talking about within Christianity, right? Yeah. Uh, what about? Uh, Islam theology, Judaism, Buddhism, Hinduism, Zoroastrianism, Zeusology. What experts are you talking about? Where should Bill Maher go? There isn't just, and they made this point themselves, and in the, in the, they castigated Bill Maher for saying uh, he confuses, because he was raised Catholic, he confuses uh, all these Protestant denominations with the Catholic Church, because he, he, he says the Church, and he blames the Church, and a bunch of the stuff that the Catholic Church did, the Protestants aren't um, liable for. Uh, but when when they um, flip modes here and they castigate him for not going to the theologians, you're going to have to tell him which theologian, because a theologian, I guarantee that you guys would like him to talk to. Um, other people within your own Christianity would be hell-bent on telling you wrong theology, wrong theologian. I would also make the point that cars exist there has been no proof that God exists whatsoever. You might as well go look for a fucking leprechaun theologist for all the good it's going to do. No, no, no. I would much prefer a unicorn theologist. The purpose of theologians and theology in general is to narrow God down so that he's untouchable by philosophy, right? Philosophers yep. have said, well, this God doesn't make sense. This God doesn't make sense. That God doesn't make sense. These attributes don't make sense. These contradict. And so the theologians go, all right, granted. And they winnow away all these. You know, it used to be that God in the Old Testament um, had arms and legs and hindquarters and, and uh, finger to write the Ten Commandments on. And, and he wrestled uh, with uh, um, Jacob, so he had a body. Um, and he lived up in Mount Sinai, right? He also wrestled with Moses. Don't re don't forget the fact that Moses' wife cut off their son's phallus and threw it at God. His whole phallus, huh? Well, uh, she couldn't the foreskin, stop it, anyway. The foreskin. <laughs> she was using a stone sometimes more than just the foreskin comes. So now, you know, it doesn't make sense that God's actually a person. So the theologians say, well, he's not a personal God. He's transcendent. He doesn't live on top of Mount Sinai. He, he lives uh, in the clouds. Well, now we visit the clouds, and uh, guess what? He's not in the clouds. Oh, yeah. well, um, he lives outside of time and space. I gotcha. You can't find him there. <laughs> he's outside of the whole fucking universe. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, why we can't find him. Uh, and obviously, when the uh, when the Bible states that he's on Mount Sinai, they're just speaking uh, figuratively. Right, clearly, it's just a figure of speech. Um, the whole purpose of theologians is to address problems that philosophers have had with their uh, idea of God. So God has actually changed over time, and now he's transcendent. He's outside of time and space. He's he's completely unreachable. Uh, if you know, if we could find the star. 
that Joseph Smith said God lives uh, next to or on or <laughs> whatever. Kolob. Kolob. That's right. <laughs> and we flew to Kolob and found God wasn't there. Then the Mormons would have to address that as well. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, the Mormons don't talk already to me. have enough to address that we've brought up. Let's not bring up something yeah. else. <laughs> don't talk to me about God experts because there's no such thing. All right. Um, the next clip he has is um, he's talking about, you know, Bill Maher talks about all these idiot Christians. But what about Christians who can actually defend their beliefs? All right. I've spent my whole life in the church, and I feel like I can, I can put up a fairly reasonable argument for, you know, a belief in God and a belief in Jesus. Oh, that what? is wonderful. You know what? Why don't you come on to our show and we'll discuss this uh, this fairly good argument you have. Bring it on. If, if you're able to put forth a fairly good, a reasonable, rational argument uh, defending your belief in the existence of God in general, much less Jesus in specific, then you have done what no philosopher or theologian has done in history. There yeah, is no good argument. In fact, because you are able to do that, if you would just put it on your podcast, your podcast alone, I can guarantee you, you would get people coming to you in droves. So let's hear this argument you have that no one else has been able to come up with and is the reason why you get so many arguments back and forth. Uh, right. So bring it on. Come on our podcast or... You know, if you don't want to, then just uh, trot out your beliefs. Um, oh, later on, on. I actually think anybody's going to come onto our podcast so we can shred them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go on your podcast. I yeah. don't care. Ooh, I like that. Why don't you invite us to your podcast? You take guests. Yeah, just get in touch with us. Um, we'd be happy to come on your podcast. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll advertise you for our three listeners on our site. You'll, you'll, yeah. have, you'll probably triple your audience. And, in fact, I will do my best not to finger Jesus while we're on your podcast. It'll be quadrupled. It'll be your mom plus three of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> God, I am an asshole, aren't I? It's, you are listening an to this like stuff it, pisses me off. All right. Um, th this next one's really good. I don't, uh, he he um, says that Bill Maher actually knows his Bible. Bill Maher knows the Bible. Oh, yeah. And he uses it against the interview subjects. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, he doesn't know the spirit of the Bible or no. the tone and the only or time, the context. Yeah, and the only time he's really successful is when he's talking to people who have no idea what's going on. Absolutely. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> so, it's like so, they're taunting us. Yeah. Bring it on. You guys you, clearly know what's going on, right? You know the spirit. Yes. You know the context. You can defend yourselves. Bring us on your show. I think they have actually drawn the line in the sand. In fact, this guy states that God put his his wife in front of him, and uh, they were destined for that. They were destined to draw the line in the sand for us. God has guided yep. them so yep. they can come on and teach us Absolutely. what the spirit of the Bible is. I would like to point out that that pastor that we just shredded uh, half an hour ago, didn't know the spirit. He didn't know the context. Are you guys going to jump on his ass for that? No, yeah. they don't care. Yeah, they come, don't care. Jump on our asses. We Bring will it on. gladly let you. You can even, I tell you what, we will shut up for 10 minutes and let you try to kick our asses for that time. Bring it on. Bring it on. Absolutely. All right. So, um, the <laughs> so they're feeling a little guilty that Bill Maher knows the Bible better than they do. So here's their response. 
you know, we there was a lot of things we didn't like about the movie, but the one thing we all came out of was we got to read our Bibles. Like, yeah, we need to know this. Yeah, because th- because the enemy knows it. And in this case, I am talking about Satan. <laughs> All right, here they are talking about uh, Bill Maher, you know, just picking these simpleton Christians uh, who don't know what they're talking about. They're not theologians. I fucking guarantee you no theologian believes that Satan is actually a person who is devoting his entire existence to following you around and fucking you over. (laughs) Well, actually... I uh show I me a a, show me Plantinga any theologian that believes that who studied this stuff who believes that Satan's actually a person following you around I'd love it bring I, it on I, I did, these guys are <laughs> these guys are the simpleton Christians that they're talking about <laughs> well I have something that will help them out and the reason right. why is bring it on while while looking into the Wiccan uh, religion I actually found a curse that you can cast on Satan Really? So you can curse Satan. Well, and, look, uh, Satan, screw you, because we tried to, we invited you into our homes, and you didn't even have the courtesy to show up. I have a little oatmeal cookie right for you. My wife baked yeah. some cookies. You can have one of these cookies. Just come on, show up. So he didn't, so now we're going to curse him. Yeah, yeah. Now we are going to curse Satan. Now, uh, this is an old Scottish curse. Then you, ye old snake-drawn dog, Ye came to paradise incog and played on a man cursed brogue, black be your fa, and guide the infant world ashog, maced ruined ah. <laughs> and that's think, the spell to curse Satan. I, I think some of those words <laughs> make it an explicit podcast. <laughs> We're going to have to tag this podcast as explicit because of your curse. Hey, hey, but it was worth it because now Satan will leave these simple-minded Christians alone. (laughs) I I would echo the sentiment, read your Bible, you dipshits. Read yes. all about the Midianites. Read all about the ridiculous story of Job. Read about the she-bears ripping the crap out of those kids. Read about um, the stupid story of Jonah getting swallowed by a whale. Read about Jephthah sacrificing his daughter. Uh, read about that whole city that got destroyed because they agreed to circumcise themselves. Yeah, read all this stuff. Read <laughs> With it. With one stipulation. Take off the rose-colored glasses and take a look at this with our modern sensibility, our modern moral system, because God is supposed to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, the shit God was pulling back then should be allowed now. It's in your canon. you got to defend it. you got to defend it. All right, I got one more clip, um, and these guys are pretty irritated because Bill Maher interviews John Westcott, who is a, quote, ex-gay. Uh, apparently he was gay for eight or nine years and then he found Jesus and he stopped being gay he married a former lesbian and they had children uh, pretty much to show (laughs) (laughs) is this like the prophet that was supposed to marry a whore (laughs) or forced to by God and then he looked up thanks for the crabs God (laughs) (laughs) well hey if you're going to marry anyone as far as sexually transmitted diseases are concerned marry a lesbian they are um, kind of like a closed circuit as far as STDs are concerned 
That's very true. Very true. Um, so they're angry anyway at uh, at uh, Bill Maher for interviewing this guy because John Westcott, who they they put up on the same pedestal as Francis Collins, is one of the people, one of the Christians, one of the few Christians he talks about who really know what they're talking about. Um, so they're angry at him because he uh, asked him a question about um, you know the gay gene. And the guy says, no, we haven't found a gay gene. And he flips over to the scientist. He said, so, um, you also found the gay gene, right? And the scientist goes, yes, we did. And so now these guys are pissed off because, <laughs> A, clearly they don't think, uh, you know, um, homosexuality gay is gene genetic yeah. and the gay gene exists. Uh, B, that he didn't go into it. Now, the whole documentary is not called, um, oh, shit. Let me, let me, let me play the clip on for the gay you. Gene. <laughs> Let me play the clip for you. We don't we don't know if this guy, you know, if this guy's got his bona fides, you know, or anything yeah. like that. It just does that to put to put at ease the mind of people, the minds of people who already believe that that homosexuality is genetic and, and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? Let's say let's say it is. I'd like to know how that guy got to that conclusion. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people would like to know. The people that do agree and the people that don't. It would be a fascinating section of that film. But no, they only do it enough to contradict the, the John Westcott. Uh, the movie isn't called Gay Ligulus. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an expose on Christianity. The only reason he's, he's talking to this researcher in the first place is because Christians are intent on discriminating against gays. It's clearly a side issue, right? Yep. But um, if they want to figure out if the guy has his bona fides or not, I, I just wish there were some way that they could do that. You know, it, it's difficult in this day and age to get information. I, 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 You have to, oh, I don't know, open your laptop? If only there were some way that you could search this Internet of ours. If there you were know, only... If- if only God would have given us a keyboard by which to search the internet. If only there were, I don't know, a Wikipedia page about the guy. <laughs> if only you could type in something like, I don't know, gay gene and and figure it out. The guy's name, which which I did. The guy's name is Dean Hamer. Uh, he's an American geneticist, director of the Gene Structure and Regulation Unit at the U.S. National Cancer Institute, part of the National Institutes of Health. You know where he got his PhD? Harvard Medical School. I think he's well, that, got his bona fides. That doesn't say much. That doesn't say much actually. You know where he got his Bachelor of Arts from? I Trinity College. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's You're it. Shitting me. I'm converting to Christianity. Wow. This guy got his Bachelor of Arts, Trinity College. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, and look at this. Studies on sexual orientation. In the 1990s, Hamer began studies on the role of genes in human behavior. In 1993, he published a paper suggesting the existence of genes, plural, that predisposes men, but not women, toward homosexuality and presented evidence that one of these genes was associated with the XQ28 marker on the X chromosome. Um, now, it goes on to say the finding was replicated in two studies. Um, other studies couldn't replicate it, but on meta-analysis, and a meta-analysis um, is where they take the entire literature or a, a vast portion of it, right? So you take like mm-hmm. 50 studies and you do an analysis on those studies. 
Um, so that meta-analysis showed that XQ28 has a significant but not exclusive effect on homosexuality, which, given you know epigenetic factors, environmental roles, um, is not surprising. Uh, sexuality is a complex process. I would be very skeptical myself about a single gay gene, but that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about like a cluster on the X chromosome. Um, so, like I said, it is nearly impossible to find this stuff, so they're absolutely right in castigating Bill Maher for not going further into a subject that his documentary wasn't even about in the first place. Yeah, because it's it's very difficult to take five minutes to try and understand something. Oh, that uh, reading the research, I can guarantee you these guys probably wouldn't understand. Yeah, um, can you imagine... Uh, bringing your documentary to an absolute screeching halt by talking about gene clusters in XQ28. Yeah, on yeah. The X of course. At that point, you would have to explain XQ, XQ28. You would have to explain gene clusters to the vast majority of people. And suddenly, your documentary is twice as long. Um, look, look the guy up, and if you're interested in the research, you know, get off your fat ass and do something about it. <laughs> Instead of bitching about it, do the research, and once you're educated on it, then step forward. Right. This isn't difficult. And like I said, these guys pretty much are willfully ignorant of this stuff. They they don't want to be told about it. They would rather continue to believe what they've always believed, not be challenged, and then get pissed off when someone says something that they don't believe and didn't... Uh, spoon feed them all the information <laughs> well that's because it would actually take work and if God doesn't hand it to them very gently there's no reason for having it <laughs> yeah, right. so that's, that's all we got for this week there was so much stuff on these uh, podcasts that uh, we're actually going to split this up into two episodes and do some of the um, skeptical podcasts mostly skeptical podcasts next week but I think Leighton did uh, some research on another more than one lesson on Wally, and I actually I'm really interested in how they the Christians viewed Wally. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. We we kind of got long-winded at some points, but it was well worth it. So we will save Wally, and we will toss in uh, that with next week's skeptic podcast review. All right. We'll see you guys, God willing, next week. <laughs> Oh, my God.